Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Hello, 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 beloved family. It's so good to be with you. So good to be with you. I, uh, we ran a, we had to run a few encores yes, uh, last week. I am doing terrific. I just want you to know I've had some emails and calls and letters. Um, I'm really, I'm really doing well. <clears throat> we found out what the problem was of my falling asleep and other things, and I'm terrific. God is so, 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 so good. And I'm so happy to be with you live again. No more on course. So God bless you. God bless you for being faithful for what's happening in the church. It is the church. It is the lay people who remain faithful um, that have saved the church in the past and that will do so today, along with faithful priests and bishops. Um, I've been thinking of... uh, I think I have something very exciting to tell you coming up in a couple of days. I'm not going to even give you a hint of what it is, but really exciting. Um, But for now, I've been trying to think of what um, a perspective we could have. And I um, sent out um, a video a few days ago. For those of you who are on our email list would have gotten it. And those of you who are not can either sign up to be on our email list. We send out very few emails a year. We've been sending out a few lately because of the situation in our country and the election coming up. Um, You can go to our website, www.motherofisraelshope.org, click on newsletter and sign up to get our newsletter uh, by regular mail, by email, or both. But if you don't, you can simply go to our website, and everything we send out is always on our homepage as well. So that video, um, it's a video of Bishop Fulton Sheen, and it was given 60 years ago, and you would think he made, the message was put together yesterday. It's uncanny. It's just exactly our description of today. It's tremendous. I've had a huge, huge response from it. And so um, go ahead to our website if you wish, and you can just see it on our homepage. Really tremendous. And the other person, I go to Bishop Sheen a lot. He's so current, though, again, his messages are um, uh, over half a century old, and uh, but they're ever new. And the other saint is Father John Harden, and both are up for uh, their cause for canonization. And Father John Harden, he's just tremendous. And um, he wrote an article, and I don't know if it has a date, I don't see a date, but it's when he was alive. And um, it's titled, Our Times, the Age of Martyrs. And uh, that's our times from 50 years ago. Um, 30 years ago and today. I think uh, it's been calculated we had more martyrs in the 20th century than uh, for 2,000 years. It's amazing. Um, And Father John Harden, I'll just 
uh, read. I don't know that we'll get through the whole thing, but I want to get to your your emails, your texts today because it's while since I've gotten to them and uh, the new ones, and I want to make sure we have time. But Father Harden writes, <clears throat> never in the history of papacy has any bishop of Rome. Now this was written while. Um, St. Pope John Paul II uh, was Pope, so now you see uh, uh, two popes ago. Um, Never in the history of the papacy has any bishop of Rome written at greater length about martyrdom than Pope John Paul II. His encyclical, The Gospel of Life, devotes a thousand or more words to the call to martyrdom in did you hear that? Not the fact of martyrdom, the call to martyrdom. And beloved, I, 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 I don't resist interrupting the articles I read to say if, if we don't have a call to martyrdom today, that is to stand fast in our faith, no matter what's going on, then, uh, then we haven't had it. This is a call to martyrdom in our day to stand for the truth against tremendous Tremendous persecution. We have hardly felt tremendous persecution in the States, but all over the world, Christians are being slaughtered. And um, we certainly have persecution in, in our own country. Um, uh, and again, both within and without the church. And Father Hardin continues. He, Pope John Paul II, reminds us the revelation from the Old Testament to the new and from the time of Christ to the present day. It's the history of martyrdom as a witness to the truth. He named Susanna, who refused to consent to lechery and was ready to die to preserve her chastity. He spoke of John the Baptist, who was beheaded by King Herod because he condemned the adulterous marriage of the king. But he especially identifies Jesus Christ as the king of martyrs, died on the cross as a witness to the truth, which he was sent to proclaim the world. So the history of courageous practice and profession of the truth has gone on for 20 centuries of Christianity. We commonly speak of the first 300 years of the Christian era as the age of martyrs. Certainly tens of thousands of believing Christians laid down their lives rather than compromise their morality to the pagan culture in which they lived. Every single pope up to the 4th century died a martyr's death. Can you imagine that? Every single pope up to the 4th century died a martyr's death. So far from crushing Christianity or destroying the church founded by Christ, martyrdom actually contributed to the growth of a Christian civilization. Um... The blood, that phrase, that the blood of martyrs is the seed of Christians, was not a pious uh, aphorism. It was a literal fact of history. The more blood was shed by Christians in dying for their faith, the more Christianity expanded throughout what had been a pagan world. Father Hardin says, all that we've said so far was a prelude to the message that he, I, Father Hardin, wish to leave with you. Paganism is as old as human history. In one sentence, paganism is a culture of untruth. That's it, untruth. If you don't truth, you're a pagan. 
You can call yourself, I'm going to add to this one, uh, you can call yourself a Catholic. You can call yourself a Christian. You can call yourself anything you wish, but if you don't, a Jew. But if you don't believe the truth, you're a pagan. That's, that's pretty stark, but it's true. It's true. That's what paganism. Over 2,000 years since Calvary, Christianity has had to constantly contend with pagan ideas, pagan laws. That's what we have in the United States now. In a word, pagan culture that hated Christianity for the same reason that it crucified the incarnate truth who became man to teach the world how to serve here on earth in order to possess him, Christ, in a blessed eternity. There are differences, Father Hardin says, however, between a paganism that has never been Christianized and a once Christian society that has become paganized. That's our country. That's much of the world today, unfortunately, Europe. In my judgment, Father Hardin says, this is the condition in which faithful Christians who are believing Catholics find themselves as we approach the third millennium. Now, we're in the third millennium now, 20 into it. Um, in a country like America, whose Supreme Court in the early years of this century called a Christian nation, they find themselves surrounded by a paganism that is literally directed by the prince of this world, whose name is Satan. You know that. It is a paganism whose father is the evil spirit whom Christ identified as the father of lies and a murderer from the beginning. There are therefore two qualities of this modern paganism, which no one can rationally deny. It is first of all a culture of death, and secondly, it is a society penetrated with untruth. Can anyone doubt that our society is a culture of death? The lowest statistic for the number of abortions throughout the world is 65 million. And beloved, that number hasn't lessened today. It's still in the 60, uh, 60s of millions. The lowest statistic for the number of abortions throughout the world is 65 million. Once civilized nation, pardon me, one once civilized nation after another has legalized the abortion of not only the unborn, but of the newly born. Um, Infanticide is now part of accepted American practice. This is written um, at least 30 years ago. I'd have to look it up. Um, It's just awful. Um, I'm going to continue with this a little bit when we come back from the break, beloved, and then we'll have an entire half hour for your calls, your emails, and your text. If you'd like to get a head start, we'll take the calls in order of uh, how they come in and everything else as well in order. Our toll-free number is one 511 5483 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We'll be right back, beloved.
We stand at a crossroads in history. We can stand up for life, family, and a Christian culture, or we can stand idly by while the fabric of society becomes fundamentally anti-life, anti-family, and anti-Christian, slowly leading to its own demise. LifeSite News is the leading defender of life, family, and Christian culture. Through our news reporting, we seek to educate readers with information and zeal. They need to fight the most crucial battles of our day. And we need your help to continue that mission. You can support LifeSite News by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Another way to support LifeSite is to prayerfully consider becoming a Sustain Life monthly donor to help us continue to save lives in the culture. To donate, visit give.lifesitenews.com forward slash sustain life. Our staff of over 40 and millions of future generations, thank you for helping to save the culture. Are you ready for full contact Catholicism? This is Jesse Romero from the Terry and Jesse Show. Each weekday, we're talking about the things that matter to Catholics. Spiritual warfare, Marian devotion, tradition, and staying strong in your faith in this culture of death. I hope you'll join us. Give us a call during the show at 888-526-2151. It's the Terry and Jesse Show. 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific. Heard around the world on the iCatholic Radio app. We offer several ways to view our programming grid, including at our website, thestationofthecross.com, and on our iCatholic Radio app. Just click the menu icon in the top left portion of our app and select the link to our programming grid. That's at thestationofthecross.com and on our free iCatholic Radio app for Android and Apple mobile devices. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. We are right in the middle of an article by Father John Harden, whose cause is up for canonization. And I believe Cardinal Raymond Leo Burke is heading that cause. Um, but a fantastic priest Father Harden is and was. He's, I, I don't know exactly when he died. It could be about, um, I don't know that, but he wrote this probably about 30 years ago. And um, let me see... Um, Oh, Supreme, okay, Um, where did we, okay, I'm going to continue here. There are therefore two qualities of this modern paganism, which no one can rationally deny. I'll just repeat a couple of sentences to pick up where we were. It is first of all a culture of death. That's what we live in now, beloved. That's what Father Hardin described 30 or so years ago. And secondly, it is a society penetrated with the untruth, which is the definition of paganism. Can anyone doubt that our society is a culture of death? The lowest statistic for the number of abortions throughout the world is 65 million. Once civilized, one once civilized nation after another has legalized the abortion of not only the unborn, but of the newly born. Infanticide is now part of accepted American practice. 
so-called euthanasia and assisted suicide are accepted as part of modern life. On the side of truth, no one has better expressed what is going on than Marshall McLuhan, the Canadian philosopher of social psychology. The modern media, wrote McLuhan, are engaged in Luciferian conspiracy against the truth, end quote. Millions of words are published every day and heard over the radio and television. Consciously and deliberately, much of this written and spoken communication is not true. It is estimated that 90% of the books borrowed from American libraries are fiction. Whole nations are living in a dream world created by the media, and the dreams are scientifically calculated to keep the human mind from contact with reality. We define truth, Father Hardin says, as conformity of the mind with reality. On these terms, must we not say that the evil spirit is demonically successful in deceiving whole nations by filling their minds with lies? Given the widespread culture of death, and plague of untruth in our day, is it any wonder that the followers of Christ must pay dearly for their loyalty to the Master who identified himself as the life and the truth? I am the way, the life, and the truth, said our Lord. You do not remain faithful to the Savior without paying for it. Did you hear that? And I'm I'm thinking of a verse that St. Peter wrote, um, that all who live godly in this present world will be persecuted. Father Hardin says, you do not remain faithful to the Savior without paying for it. And what happened? He remained faithful to the Father by paying for it with his life. He was put on the cross by those he came to save. This, Father Hardin says, has been the story of Christianity since the first Good Friday, when Jesus was crucified by his enemies. Why did they crucify him? Because he taught that we were made for a life that will never end, and because he would not compromise on the truth which he had received from his Father. This has been the verdict of Christian history ever since, and will remain the same until the end of time. Those who want to remain loyal to Jesus Christ must expect to suffer for their witness um, to incarnate life and truth. Another name for this suffering witness is martyrdom. And the origins, beloved, of the word martyr, the etymology of that word is to be a witness. To be a martyr is to be a witness to the truth. That's what it is, dear ones. That's what it is. And I think, let's see now. Um, let me continue just a little bit to our break. Um, the best description, what is martyrdom, Father Hardin asks. The best description of martyrdom was given by Christ himself just before he ascended into heaven. And he said this, uh, quoting Acts eight, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, he told his disciples, and then you will be my witnesses, translated martyrs. You will be my witnesses, not only in Jerusalem, but throughout Judea and Samaria, and indeed to the ends of the earth. End quote. 
Father Harden says, here we have capsulized in one sentence the motivating power of martyrdom, its nature, and its apostolic purpose. The source of strength to suffer for Christ comes finally from the Holy Spirit, who is said to give power. In the language of the New Testament, this power is the same kind of power by which miracles can be worked. The nature of martyrdom is to witness, except that when Christ spoke to the disciples, he did not say, quote, you shall be my witnesses, quote, unquote, but, quote, you shall be my martyrs, end quote, which tells us exactly what we want to know. The essence of being a martyr is to be a witness, and we know what a witness does. He gives testimony publicly that something he saw or heard is true. He has experience of a fact or an event. And as a witness, he declares that what he says or assigns his name to is so. He gives evidence to others that what he testifies to should be believed. Why? Because he personally knows. We are liable to miss the preceding adjective, my, in the clause, you shall be my martyrs. This prefix is crucial. Those who are martyrs are witnesses to Christ. They testify, if need be, with their blood. What they believe is true because they have known Christ. The implication is that in order to be a witness, even to martyrdom, one must have experienced Christ in a way comparable to what Peter told the early Christians, quote, you did not see him, yet you love him. And still without seeing him, you are already filled with joy so glorious that it cannot be described because you believe. That's First Peter 1.8. Beloved, um, no one is going to die for an idea. They might, such as communism is an idea, a cause. But if we die martyrs, we die for a person. We die for God himself, who loved us and gave his life for us. Um, if you don't know our Lord Jesus Christ, if you call yourself a Christian because you've been raised as one, and because you go to church on Sunday, even you've had all these sacraments, but you don't have a loving relationship with God, why would you die? Why would you put him before your own life? Because your life is self-consumed, and you're not going to run to be a martyr. But if you deeply love someone, a husband, a wife, a child, uh, if you deeply love someone, and your little child, your little three-year-old was in danger, you would put your life in front of that little child. You'd give your life in a second and without thinking of it because you would want to save the life of that child. You see, it's only love that does that. Um, it's only love. It could be principle that has taken you over. It could be evil that's taken you over. But general won't be. If we die a martyr, we die out of love for, uh, for the for the. Uh, for the person, for the cause, for the truth. If you don't have that, why would you give your life? 
someone says, I'm not ready to be a martyr. I don't want to be killed for my faith. Well, who does? Jesus didn't want to. He said, other, if possible, let this cup pass from me, not, but not my will thine be done. Why would anyone want to be? There are people who want to be a martyr. I don't understand them. I'm not talking about them. But I, I, I don't imagine uh, shrinking from that if it meant denying Christ. Now, I can talk big now because I'm not in that position of being murdered for my faith, not at the moment. But, um, but my love said I, I would not shrink from that. Uh, I can't say what would happen at the moment. I pray that I can't even imagine shrinking from it. But God gives the grace, not before, but in the moment, in the time. He gives grace in time need. We can never fully know what we'll do in a circumstance until we're in it. And again, God will always give us the grace to be martyrs, to stay with the truth, to, at the very least, not deny Christ. Um, there's an example, I may have told it before, during World War II, of one of the soldiers, one of the Nazis, getting into a room underground where Christians were gathered for prayer. And he said, he was going to shoot them all with his rifle, he was going to kill them all. And he said, if you want to deny Christ, you have this moment to leave. I'm going to count to ten. And they left. And then he's, there were just a few left, actually. And he said to them, okay, last chance leave if you deny Christ otherwise you'll be killed on the spot and one or two more left and then there was just a small handful and he locked the door and he sat down and he put his rifle down and he said to those few left I want to know what it is to be a Christian and he was converted Uh, that's to me a bone chilling story he wanted to be a Christian but not somebody in name only someone who would die for their faith. I want to tell you, beloved, if you will not die for faith, you will not live for it. The only faith worth living for is the faith worth dying for. Otherwise, why live for it? Why take all the mockery and persecution and, and do's and don'ts and uh, deprive yourself of things? Why do it? If you won't die for it, why do that? The only faith worth living for, in my mind, is the faith worth dying for. If you don't live for it all the way, you will be a slave. If you live for it without compromise, you will be free. That's what Jesus said. The truth will set us free. Always, always, always you shall know the truth. Gospel of John chapter 8. You shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Free from hell free from Satan, free from sin, free to follow Christ, to be who you are. When people say, it's my right to have an abortion, it is, you can, I don't know where that right came from, but it didn't come from God. God gave us free will to do what is right, not to sin. No choice to sin if we follow God. There's the music for our break, beloved. When we come back, we will take your calls, your emails, your texts, And again, the toll-free number to call in is 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We'll be right back.
The future of the family is grim. As Our Lady of Fatima said, the final battle will be for the family. It truly seems as though we're in the heat of this final battle and we need your help. Our mission at LifeSite News is to educate and activate readers with the information they need to defend life and the family and restore Christian culture. We are currently the most popular pro-life website on the internet with over 40 million unique users every year. And we've been experiencing an even bigger reach than ever this year. But we need your help to reach more of the 7.7 billion people on earth if we are to truly succeed in changing the culture. Please consider donating to help our mission of promoting the culture of life and fearless defenders of the faith like Mother Miriam. Visit give.lifesite.news.com to give today. Thank you for your support. Beloved, this is Mother Miriam, host of Mother Miriam Live. Like the Catholic Current and the many other programs that originate from the Station of the Cross, Divine Mercy in My Soul is all about the messages that Jesus revealed to St. Faustina. It is aired every Sunday morning at 11 Eastern and Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. Or you can listen anytime to Divine Mercy in My Soul on the iCatholic Radio mobile app. The Station of the Cross thanks our financial supporters who have enabled us to broadcast Catholic programs for more than 20 years. As a nonprofit lay organization not affiliated with your diocese, our apostolate is listener-supported. Through your generosity, we're able to inspire countless listeners with the gospel message and help lead them to a parish to be spiritually nourished by the sacraments. Thank you for your continued support, and may God bless you and your family. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. I'm so happy to be with you and happy now to be able to take your calls, your texts, your emails. Toll free, our number is 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We have Dennis on the line from Cincinnati. Hello, Dennis. Hi. Good morning, Mother. Thanks for taking my call. Thanks, Dennis. You Go were ahead. talking about the popes, they each died until the 4th century. I read once there were 33 popes in a row. Wow. First 33 popes wow. gave up their lives. So every time oh. someone outside the church says, you know, I don't believe in the office of the pope, I think, how dare you? 33 mm-hmm. popes in a row gave up yeah. their lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, amazing. But <clears throat> your life has been pretty amazing. I, it, I heard it first on described 20 years ago on EWTN. Uh, it left a couple of lumps in my throat. When you were a little girl, you go to the door and you open it up each year and mm, for that yes. Jewish holiday and you look for the Messiah. Mm-hmm. And then afterward, all your, your searching through the evangelical world, you finally go to mass and you walk out and you can't speak because it reminds you so much of the synagogue. And 
I just love your life story. It's wonderful. Oh, Dennis, yes. You're giving me chills, your recounting. It's amazing that you remember all that. Yes, I said it was a synagogue yeah. with Christ. Amazing. I couldn't believe such a thing. <laughs> so I'm reading the Baltimore Catechism, and it says, if you deny one truth, you deny all the truths of God. That's exactly and, right. And... The definition in the Baltimore Catechism of Heresy is the refusal of a baptized person retaining the name of Christian to accept, refusal to accept one or more of the truths revealed by God and taught by the Catholic Church. I mean, some of these politicians out there running for office, one of your callers said, well, what has the president done for the pro-life movement? Just blocking the repeal of the Hyde Amendment. He said it's a billion dollars that isn't funded around the world for abortion. (laughs) And that's, yeah, it's amazing. And Mm -hmm. that caller said President Trump has uh, lied 600 times. It's like listening to the Pope. Where are your, where's your information coming from? 85% of the media is non-Christian now. Mm-hmm. You have to take everything with a grain of salt. But why, I was going to ask you, why doesn't, why don't the Catholic leaders call these politicians who are going possibly, if elected, be in a position to repeal that Hyde Amendment? Why don't we call them heretics? Because they're the definition of a heretic. They are. They are. And that's the question of the year, Dennis. Why? And why do they give these um, uh, heretics um, communion? It, it is, it's the question of the year that our bishops, uh, not every one, of course, there are, there are wonderful bishops, strong bishops, but a good number of the bishops have utterly failed us. They have not held politicians accountable. They have given them communion. Um, they have failed us. They have abandoned the faithful uh, by their silence of nothing else. Uh, you, Dennis, it's an awful, awful situation. Some of these uh, people call these politicians cafeteria Catholics or Catholic in name only, but the term heretic, it has such a sting. It makes people wake up and think more about their vote, I think. Well, I don't call them cafeteria Catholics uh, (laughs) or or Catholic in name only. You can can say that a a glass is a tennis ball. It doesn't matter what you say. It's not. It's a glass. And a Catholic who um, um, uh, has abandoned the faith, no matter what they call themselves, no matter what they think, I say is not Catholic. And people say, you can't judge that. They're baptized. They've had, that's right. And there will be, um, they're Catholic through baptism. We have a seal upon us as God's children. But through mortal sin, which is denying truth and him who is the truth, that is mortal. Mortal means death and separates us from God. And we want to insist we're Catholics, but we'll be Catholics in hell. That's right. Right. And, and if their actions uh, deem it, that's what we have to call them. Yeah. And that's what we judge. We cannot judge a heart, but we certainly judge their speech, their actions, what they do, and what they fail to do, Dennis. Um, yes. We're talking about being God's witnesses, and they are uh, disgraceful, just disgraceful. So it, it hurts us, and we all the more have to stand fast in our faith. Yes. 
Okay. Thank you so much. Thanks for calling in, Dad. God bless you, dear. Um, we have Mary from Pittsburgh on the line. Hello, Mary. God bless you, Mother. God bless you abundantly you, and Jared. always. Thank you. All right. Uh, priests in the Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania area are confirming children. Is that legal? Only if they have the bishop's permission. The bishop can give that permission? He can. Oh, Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, I he can. I figured it had to come from no. the Pope or something. No, it doesn't come they from the Pope. They said because of the bishop. coronavirus that they have to do it that way. Well, it's not because of the coronavirus. That's what be someone's making up, but that's not at all. We just had the bishop in Tulsa uh, a week ago confirm 37 children in the parish we attend. The most fantastic parish on the face of the earth is, I think, the most fantastic pastor priest on the face of the earth. And the bishop came and confirmed beautifully, confirmed through two uh, masses, through two masses. He stayed there several hours and confirmed 37 children. However, the bishop has the power uh, and the freedom to give permission to a priest to confirm. He doesn't have to, but he's able to give that permission. Okay. Thank you very much, Mother. You're welcome, Mary. God bless you, sweetheart. Um, We have a text from Blanca. Blanca says, I have listened to Father Altman several times and feel he is dividing the church. I am Catholic, but no way would I vote for Trump. To me, it is unbelievable how you can overlook how he mocks the disabled and incites riots and hates. Do tell me, because I am on the verge of losing my faith. I don't think you have the faith, Blanca. Uh, I don't think you're on the verge of losing it. I, I, I question if you have it at all. Uh, Father Altman says that Pope Francis is not the Pope. You know, I would uh, accuse you of a of a... A blasphemous statement uh, I would I would challenge you to support that I would challenge you Blanca because anybody can say anything they want they can write anything they want they could say anything they want but you would need to give me the exact quote and the context that Father Altman would say that Pope Francis is not the Pope I do not believe it I would need to be shown and you are very irresponsible for making a statement like that without supporting it. <clears throat> Blanca continues, are you just turning a deaf ear to how corrupt he is, which would be um, uh, Father Altman? I do pray for Father, but he completely turns me off. Well, your prayers are not going to be very effective. Um, uh, Blanca says, you say, quote, because he is pro-life, end quote. Now, um, uh, I think you're talking about Trump at this point. Can you give me a good argument for this? When he separated, this is Trump, when he separated children from their parents and still has them hold up like animals. Uh, you're not supporting anything, Blanca. You're not supporting any of your statements. If that is pro-life, forgive me. I hope you will respond, Blanca, your sister in Christ. Um I want to say, if that were the case, being put in a cage is not the direct murder of children. There's still a huge difference. And let me give you, thanks to LifeSite News, but there are others who have 
uh, done this, a list of the accomplishments of President Trump. President Trump has said, uh, has, as he said, appointed pro-life judges, like over 200 of them, likely rather, two, over 200 of them at this point. President Trump permitted states to defund, defund Planned Parenthood of Title X funds. He stopped tax dollars funding abortion overseas. President Trump defended the pro-abortion UNFPA, which has been complicit in China's oppressive population control activities, including coerced birth control and abortion. President Trump required health insurance companies to disclose if their plans cover abortion. He ended the Obama-enforced contraceptive mandate, which had forced corporations with religious objections from covering abortifacients in their health plans. He has made strong pro-life appointments, starting with Vice President Pence, Kellyanne Conway, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, Dr. Ben Carson, and pro-life Kansas Governor Sam Brownback, who was appointed to a religious persecution watchdog post called ambassador for religious freedom president trump has allowed states to defund planned parenthood of medicaid funds he has cut planned parenthood's tax funding by up to 60 million dollars president trump allowed texas to fund a health program that does not send funds to abortion businesses he has uh, taken action against California for violating conscience protections. President Trump clarified that abortion is not a civil right. And uh, LifeSite News says, if you think that's a long list, check out the LifeSite list. Co-founder Steve Jalzevax compiled uh, that list he compiled in late 2017. Um, and they say, if that's not enough... Read these words of Cecile Richards, the former head of Planned Parenthood, the foremost abortion-promoting organization in America and around the world. Uh, Cecile Richards said in 2017 that the Trump administration had at that time already done more to set her organization back than any other in the last half century. She said that during an interview with People magazine, quote, this White House has been worse for women than any administration in my lifetime, in her lifetime. Um, Blanca, uh, I don't know where you get your information. I don't know what you listen to. I don't know who you listen to. But you have uh, uh, brought scandal to this, to Father Altman. What you're saying is false. Um, You'll be accountable for this. Um, And... um, Again, if anyone holds that putting children in cages um, is comparable to the direct murder of a child in its mother's womb uh, who hasn't even uh, been able to be born to put in a cage to survive uh, for a time, um, I don't know what your thinking is. I do not know what your thinking is, but it's completely, completely false. And Blanca, if you call yourself a Catholic, you need to support where Father Altman says that Pope Francis is not the Pope, and you need to go to confession. This is um, 
This is scandalous. It is false. It is a lie. We have a text from Vitas, V-Y-T-A-S, who says, Hi, Mother Miriam. I'm not an American, but I live in Canada. Um, uh, let's see now. And he, uh, Vitas goes on, Unfortunately, most, if not all, politicians are pro-abortion. Um, we'll continue with this. Dear Vitas, when we come back from the break in the interim, beloved, our phone lines are, are wide open and you're welcome to call in with anything on your heart. It doesn't have to be our subject, but yours. Uh, toll free 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We'll be right back, beloved. Love learning more about the church, but confused or disheartened by the struggles we are facing today? Follow LifeSite News Catholic on Facebook, Twitter, or sign up for LifeSite Catholic emails and stay up to date on the constant stream of news about the Catholic Church. Our church is at a time of crisis, and we as laity have a responsibility and a duty to educate ourselves and stay true to the faith. LifeSite News Catholic is dedicated to keeping the laity informed and educated. To follow us, go to Facebook or Twitter and search LifeSite News Catholic. As Mother Miriam always says, we must live as if it were true. Weekday from 10 to 11 a.m. Eastern, the Station of the Cross brings you Mother Miriam Live. Mother Miriam is a Catholic nun on a mission to bring Jesus and a message of hope to a world that has lost its way. Hello, beloved. This is Mother Miriam, and I am thrilled to welcome you to Mother Miriam Live. As always, you're going to be able to call, text, or email whatever your questions are. Through a partnership between the Station of the Cross and LifeSite News, you will be able to listen and watch Mother Miriam live on YouTube and Facebook at the Station of the Cross, including past episodes on podcasts. God bless you. Listen on your local Station of the Cross affiliate and our free iCatholic Radio mobile app, or watch the Mother Miriam live video stream on Facebook and YouTube by searching the Station of the Cross. That's Mother Miriam live each weekday from 10 to 11 a.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. Um, we are here for this last segment to take your calls and your questions and your emails uh, toll free one eight seven seven five one one five four eight three, and we have an email. Hold on now. Um, 
Oops. One second. I just lost it. I will get it back. Hold on. Count to ten. There it is. Okay, from Teresa. Teresa writes, Dear Mother Miriam, I recently came across your show. Uh, no, no, there's another one before you, Teresa. I'm so sorry. Uh, we were right in the middle of a text by Vitas, V-Y-T-A-S, who wrote, Hi, Mother Miriam. I'm not an American, but I live in Canada. Unfortunately, most, if not all, politicians here are pro-abortion. Um, I tell you the political situation in Canada is is just awful, uh, truly awful. And Vitas writes, since Catholics are called to vote, what am I to do? All of them, all of our politicians are pro-abortion, so I cannot vote for them. But all of them want the job with the money, prestige and power, while choosing to remain weak on this issue. Um, I want to clarify that if someone is weak on the issue and refrains, the weakness turns into evil. They are accountable. We are accountable for what we do and what we fail to do. Um, Vetus goes on. Our newly elected conservative leader, Aaron O'Toole, said he is pro-LGBT, which indicates to me he's most likely pro-abortion. Well, it may or may not be the case. Uh, The previous conservative leader was first against abortion, but later bowed to pressure, saying a woman can choose. Of course, that's happened with numerous politicians. Unfortunately, um, they're kind of a weak backbone. It's such a tragedy. Um, Vetus, what you are to do is vote. We as Catholics, as Christians, have a responsibility to vote. And when everyone is pro-life, rather uh, not pro-life, pro-abortion, when everyone is pro-abortion, we need to vote for the best of the worst. That's what I've done for the last several elections. I have voted for the best of the worst if there's such a thing. Um, So let's just say... um, your leader is says he's pro-abortion, but he's pro-LGBT. Well, he still could be a rather um, he could be he could be in favor of LGBT and still be pro-life in terms of abortion. Those two can come together. Um, uh, he's he's not pro-life in total because he doesn't understand. But someone can claim to be. Uh, against abortion and still be LGBT. And so I know it's confusing, but that could happen. So I would say if someone is pro-LGBT, even pro-same-sex so-called marriage, um, but they would not vote for murdering a child in the mother's womb, I would vote for that person. That would be the best of the worst because direct murder doesn't give anybody a chance to do anything. Is just straight murder. And so we, we are called to vote as Christians. And if we don't like any candidate or we don't want to, we don't approve of any candidate for those in this current, if you're Catholic, if you vote for um, uh, ex-Vice President Biden, you are committing a very, very grave sin. Uh, mortal or not is for God to decide, but it's a tremendously grave, serious sin. You you are not a Catholic in good standing if you vote for Biden. I will not tell you what happens to your soul because I don't know you and I can't judge that. But I will tell you that you are not 
you to do that and call yourself a Catholic, you can fight all you want. Catholics do not vote for outright uh, murderers. And uh, the action of Trump, you may not like him, not like his personality, you may not like his record, but he is, uh, which has been shown, uh, the most pro-life president we've ever had. And so if you say, I don't like him, I don't like what he does, I don't want to vote for him, and you withhold from voting, that will be sinful. Because uh, with, uh, if you withhold from voting, that will be a vote for the evil. It will be. The evil will get, the, the, the greater evil, if you want to say, will, will be in office. So we have a responsibility, beloved. Um, and so that's what you do, Vetus. You vote for the best of the worst. The one, and there's five non-negotiables, an abortion, straight murder of a child in the mother's womb, an innocent life, um, has, uh, is, is, tops the list. Uh, abortion, euthanasia, same cell uh, research, embryonic, uh, same cell, cell research, um, homosexuality, um, uh, did I say you have five non-negotiables? Um, we have a call from Ed from Massachusetts. Hello. Hi, good morning, Mother Mary. I just want to tell you, you got me all fired up like you usually do. Thank you for all you do. We love <laughs> you out here in Massachusetts. And uh, I got a message for all the young mothers I know listen to you. You okay. can do it. Keep oh, at bless it. you. Good. You know, uh, my wife you. and I, my wife and I, my wife and I were, were fortunate by God's grace to raise six children. We oh, have five you. grandchildren. One's wow. due this week. And uh, we had one salary coming in for 22 years. You can do it, you mothers out there. And talk to your friends uh, about it. Uh, have babies. God, God bless you, Ed. That's God's message. You can do it. Have babies. Don't worry about even the political situation the the uh the situation we're coming against in the world that's up to god don't refrain from living your vocation which is to multiply the earth multiply children and fill the earth and raise them for the kingdom god bless god's you my first brother. command god's first command to mankind be fruitful and multiply that's exactly right that's exactly right. And we have no other command today. And if we refrain from that because of our judgment, we're playing God. There you go. We wouldn't even have any of these problems. Praise That's God. Right. Th- thank Praise you, God. Mother Marion. Bless you, sweetheart. Thank you so much. Um, we have an email from Teresa who writes, Dear Mother Miriam, I recently came across your show and have enjoyed listening to all the advice and spiritual guidance you give your listeners. I'm a new mother in need of guidance. Our baby is five months old. How beautiful, Teresa. And I would love to have another baby. But I'm scared to have of all that is happening with the u- upcoming warnings of divine chastisement and the uncertainty of what life will be like next year. Um, This verse also concerns me from Matthew 24, quote, but woe to those who are pregnant and to those who are nursing babies in those days, end quote. Um, Teresa says, I realize Jesus is talking about the destruction of Jerusalem, but I think it also applies to the end times, which we might be living in. I think we are actually. 
Am I sinning by fearing the future to have another baby? I am also fearful because my last birth was by cesarean section, and I'm worried that if we must flee for our lives at some point to go into hiding, I won't have the proper medical care I might need while pregnant. Are all my worries unjustified? No, sweetheart, they are justified, but I would leave that in God's hands. They're justified concerns, honey, but I would leave it in God's hands. Am I by not trusting God and wanting to practice NFP right now? Thank you and God bless you. You can well practice NFP uh, legitimately, Teresa, um, especially with the cesarean birth. Um, you can well practice NFP, and you will not be sinning. But I also say, put yourself in his hand and leave it to him, whether or not he gives you another child at this time. God bless all of you. I love you. Happy to be back with you, and we'll speak with you tomorrow. <laughs> 